0: SECTION 23 OF THE HISTORY OF CHEMISTRY This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. THE HISTORY OF CHEMISTRY BY THOMAS THOMPSON VOLUME 1 CHAPTER 6 OF AGRICOLA AND Metallurgy. I have been induced by a wish to prosecute the history of the opinions first supported by Paracelsus and carried so much further by Van Helmont and Silvius to give a connected view of their effects upon medical practice and medical theory. And I have come to the commencement of the 18th century without taking notice of one of the most extraordinary men and one of the greatest promoters of chemistry that ever existed, I mean, George Agricola. I shall consecrate the whole of this chapter to his labors and those of his immediate successors." George Agricola was born at Glauca in Misnia in the year 1494. When a young man he acquired such a passion for mining and minerals by frequenting the mountains of Bohemia that he could not be persuaded to relinquish the study. He settled, indeed, as a physician at joachim style, but his favorite study engrossed so much of his attention that he succeeded but ill in his medical capacity. This induced him to withdraw to Chemnitz, where he devoted himself to his favorite pursuits. He studied the mineralogical writings of the ancients with the most minute accuracy, but not satisfied with this, he visited the mines in person, examined the processes followed by the miners in extracting the different ores, and in washing and sorting them. He made collections of all the different ores and studied their nature and properties attentively. He likewise collected information about the methods of smelting them and extracting from them the metals in a state of purity. The information which he collected respecting the mines wrought in the different countries of Europe is quite wonderful if we consider the period in which he lived, the little intercourse which existed between nations, and the total want of all those newspapers and journals which now carry every new scientific fact with such rapidity to every part of the world. Agricola died at Chemnitz in the year 1555, after he had reached the 61st year of his age. Maurice, the celebrated elector of Saxony, settled on him a pension, the whole of which he devoted to his metallurgic pursuits. To him we find him dedicating the edition of his works which he published in the year of his death, and which is dated the 14th before the Calends of April 1555. He even spent a considerable proportion of his own estate in following out his favorite investigations. In the earlier part of his life he had expressed himself rather favorable to the Protestant opinions, but in his latter days he had attacked the reformed religion. This rendered him so odious to the Lutherans, at that time predominant in Chemnitz, that they suffered his body to remain unburied for five days together, so that it was necessary to remove it from Chemnitz to sites where it was interred in the principal church. His great work is his treatise, De Re Metallica, in 12 books. In this work he gives an account of the instruments and machines and everything connected with mining and metallurgy and even gives figures of all the different pieces of apparatus employed in his time. He has also exhibited the Latin and German names for all these different utensils. This work may be considered as a very complete Treatise on Metallurgy as it existed in the 16th century. The first six books are occupied with an account of mining and smelting. In the seventh book, he treats of docimacy, or the method of determining the quantity of metal which can be extracted from every particular ore. This he does so completely that most of his processes are still followed by miners and smelters. He gives a minute and accurate account of the furnaces, muffles, crucibles, etc., almost such as are still employed, with minute directions for preparing the ores which are to be subjected to examination, the fluxes with which they must be mixed, and the precautions necessary in order to obtain a satisfactory result. In short, this book may be considered as a complete manual of docimacy. How much of the methods given originated with Agricola, it is impossible to say. He probably did little more than collect the scattered processes employed by the smelters of metals in different parts of the world and reduced the whole to a regular system. But this was a great deal. Perhaps it is not saying too much that the great progress made in the chemical investigation of the metals was owing in a great measure to the labors of Agricola. Certainly the progress made by the moderns in the difficult arts of mining and metallurgy must in a great measure be ascribed to the labors of Agricola. In the eighth book he describes the mechanical preparation of the ores and the mode of roasting them either in the open air or in furnaces. The ninth book is occupied with an account of smelting furnaces. It contains also a description of the processes for obtaining mercury, antimony, and bismuth from their ores. The 10th book treats of the separation of silver and gold from each other by means of nitric acid and aqua regia. Minute directions for the preparation of which are given. The modes of purifying the precious metals by means of sulfur, antimony, and cementations are also described. In the 11th book, he treats of the method of purifying silver from copper and iron by means of lead. He gives an account also of the processes employed for smelting and purifying copper. In the twelfth book, he treats of the methods of preparing common salt, saltpeter, alum, and green vitriol, or sulfate of iron, of the preparation and purification of sulfur and of the mode of manufacturing glass. In short, Agricola's work, De Re Metallica, is beyond comparison the most valuable chemical work which the 16th century produced and places the author very high indeed among the list of the improvers of chemistry. The other works of Agricola are his treatise De Natura Fossilium, in ten books, De Ortu et Causis Subterraneorum, in five books, De Natura Eorum Quae Effluent Ex Terra, in four books, De Veteribus et Novis Metallis in two books, and his Bermanus Sive de Rel Metallica Dialogus. The treatise De Veteribus et Novis Metallis is amusing. He not only collects together all the historical facts on record respecting the first discoverers of the different metals and the first workers of mines, But he gives many amusing anecdotes, nowhere else to be found, respecting the way in which some of the most celebrated German mines were discovered. In the second book, he takes a geographical view of every part of the known world and states the mines wrought and the metals found in each. We must not suppose that all his statements in this historical sketch are accurate. To admit it would be to allow him a greater share of information than could possibly belong to any one man. He frequently gives us the authority upon which his statements are founded, but he often makes statements without any authority whatever. Thus he says that a mine of quicksilver had been recently discovered in Scotland. The fact, however, is that no quicksilver mine ever existed in any part of Britain. There was indeed a foolish story circulated about thirty years ago about a vein of quicksilver found under the town of Berwick-upon-Tweed, but it was an assertion unsupported by any authentic evidence. Many years elapsed before much addition was made to the processes described by Agricola. In the year 1566, Pedro Fernandez de Velasco introduced a method of extracting gold and silver from their ores in Mexico and Peru by means of quicksilver, but I have never seen a description of his process. Alonzo Barba, claims for himself, and seemingly with justice, the method of amalgamating the ores of gold and silver by boiling. Barba was a Spanish priest who lived about the year 1609 at Tarabuca, a market town in the province of Chareso, eight miles from Plata in South America. In the year 1615 he was curate of Tiaguacano in the province of Pacayas, and in 1617 he lived in Lepas in Peru. He is said to have been a native of Lepe, a small township in Andalusia, and had for many years the living of the Church of St. Bernard at Potosi. His work on the amalgamation of gold and silver ores appeared in Madrid in the year 1640 in Cuarto. Footnote It is entitled el arte de los metales, en que se encena el verdadero beneficio de los de oro y plata por arzoque, etc. End of footnote. In the year 1629, a new edition of it appeared with an appendix under the title of Tratado de las Anticas Minas de España de Alonso Carrillo Lasso. The English minister at the Court of Madrid, the Earl of Sandwich, published the first part of it in an English translation at London in 1674 under the title of The First Book of the Art of Metals, in which is declared the manner of their generation and the concomitants of them, written in Spanish by Elbaro Alonso Barba by E. Earl of Sandwich. The next improver of metallurgic processes was Lazarus Erkern, who was upper bar master at Kuttenberg in the year 1588 and was superintendent of the mines in Germany, Hungary, Transylvania, the Tyrol, etc., to three successive emperors. His work has been translated into English under the title of Heta Minar, or the laws of art and nature in knowing, judging, assaying, fining, refining, and enlarging the bodies of confined metals to which are added essays on metallic words illustrated with sculptures by Sir J. Pettis, London, 1683, folio. But this translation is a very bad one. Erkern gives a plain account of all the processes employed in his time without a word of theory or reasoning. It is an excellent practical book, though it is obvious enough that the author was inferior in point of abilities to Agricola. His treatment of Don Juan de Cordoba, who offered in 1588 to put the court of Vienna in possession of the Spanish method of extracting gold and silver from the ores by amalgamation, as related by Baron Born in his work on amalgamation, shows very clearly that Erkern was a very illiberal-minded man and puffed up with an undue conceit of his own superior knowledge. Footnote. Born's new process of amalgamation, translated by RASP. Page 11, end of footnote. Had he condescended to assist the Spaniard and to furnish him with proper materials to work upon, the Austrians might have been in possession of the process of amalgamation with all its advantages a couple of centuries before its actual introduction. I need not take any notice of the docimastic treatises of Schindler's and Schlutter, which are of a much later date, and both of which have been translated into French the former by Geoffroy, Jr., the latter by Hellet. This last translation in two large quartos, published in 1764, constitutes a very valuable book, and exhibits all the dosimastic and metallurgic processes known at that period, with much fidelity and minuteness. Very great improvements have taken place since that period, but I am not aware of any work published in any of the European languages that is calculated to give us an exact idea of the present state of the various mining and metallurgic processes, important as they are to civilized society. Gellert's Metallurgic Chemistry, So Far As It Goes, is an excellent book. End of section 23.